Welcome to Shelter Cove Online. We are so glad that you're joining us today for this sermon. We hope and pray that this message encourages you, that you learn something, that you enjoy it. But more than that, we just pray that God would move in your life, that he would reveal some more of himself to you today. If you would like to respond to this message in any way, you can contact us at sheltercovelive.com. Have an amazing rest of your day. Courage. When I think about courage, somebody immediately comes to mind. Nick Bostick, a 25-year-old pizza delivery guy from Indiana. Now, I don't know if you saw what happened on the news uh, on July 11th, but Nick was out between 11 o'clock and midnight running an errand, and he saw that there was a house that was on fire, and first responders had not yet showed up. So what did Nick do? He pulled his car up to the house, front was burning. He goes into the back. Why? He was concerned that people might be asleep in the house. And so he goes in and on his first attempt, he is able to pull out a one-year-old, two 13-year-olds and an 18-year-old. But that wasn't enough because he talked to these four siblings and they told him that the six-year-old sister was still in the house. And so what does Nick do? He takes his shirt off. He wraps it around his mouth, his nose, because he's having a hard time breathing. He crawls in there and describes it as literally feeling like he's crawling into an oven as he enters this house. He, he can't see. It's pitch black. And what he's listening to is the cry of this six-year-old. And eventually he makes his way up to the second story. He finds her, he wraps her in his arms. He breaks the window with his bare hand and he jumps out of the second story window on the ground, saving this six-year-old girl. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about somebody that's courageous, I think about somebody like Nick, amen? In fact, here's his picture right here. Here's his picture. He's, he's right there. He jumped out of that window, saved, oh, um, those two girls, that was the six-year-old, that's the one-year-old, 13-year-old. Uh, he's a hero, and here's what happened. There was a GoFundMe page that was set up for Nick for $100,000 to pay for his medical expenses, and he didn't receive $100,000. People heard his story, and he received over $500,000. So not only did he get his healthcare paid for, he's probably driving a new Ferrari as well, right? <laughs> But here's what he said after it. When he was interviewed, he said, if the opportunity came again and I had to do it, I would. I knew what I was risking. I knew the next second it could be my life, but every second counted. Goes on in a statement from the police said um, that they were impressed <clears throat> with his courage, tenacity, and steadfast calmness. Nick goes on and, and later tells the news, he says, I, I'm glad I was there at the right time, at the right place. Friends, I say that because we're living in the Modesto area, 2022, and I believe with all of my heart that you are in the right place at the right time for such a time as this. Today, I am excited that we're talking about being courageous, but before we jump into the message, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, Right now, would you grab a hold of our hearts? Would you grab a hold of our minds? Would you grab a, a hold of every area of our life so that you would help us be the people that you want us to be? So God, help us to receive this message and live it out. And God, I pray for your help. God, that I would speak with passion and boldness and clarity. 
and that you would have your way in our lives today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Joshua chapter one is where we're gonna be. If you don't have your Bible, go ahead and grab one of those out. One of the ushers will get one to you in just a moment. Let me set up this just for a moment. What is courage? Courage is the ability to do something that frightens you. It's strength in the midst of pain and uncertainty. So again, courage is not the absence of fear. It's strength and willingness in the midst of it. And if we're not careful, so many people, so many Christians can live fearful lives. We can be afraid of the economy. We can be afraid of finances. Just this last week, it was officially announced that we are in a recession. We, we can allow that to consume us. We can be fearful of COVID, fearful of the political climate, fearful of health issues, fearful of relationships, marriage, singleness, family, friends. So many people live a life of fear. And then there's other people that say, oh, I'm not afraid. Yeah, maybe you're not afraid, but maybe you're just living a complacent life. You're just going through the motions. Not much has changed in your life over the last month, the last year, the last five years. And the call that's on the table today to Joshua and every single one of us is to live a life that's not filled just with fear, complacency, but to live a life of strength and courage. And what I wanna talk about today is four essentials to a courageous life. Four essentials to a courageous life. Now, let me set up the context. This is Joshua 1, uh, verse 1. What's happened is Moses, this fearless leader of Israel, has died. Now, why is that so important? Because there's so much history with Moses. Moses was the one that was called by God to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. He was the one that went to Pharaoh on 12 different occasions and said, let my people go. And plague after plague after plague happened until the death of the firstborn happened. Pharaoh let the Israelites go. They go to the Red Sea. They're trapped. What does God do? He gives Moses the power to part the Red Sea. The Israelites go through the Red Sea. And then what happens? It closes on the Egyptians. There's miracle after miracle after miracle. And what happens now? he's dead. And God's going to say, Joshua, you're my guy. Joshua, you take the lead. And he's going to ask him just to do two simple things in our passage today. Be obedient to the word of God and be strong and courageous. That's it. So the first thing that we see in the notes, how do we live a courageous life? What are the essentials? Number one is to trust God's plan. Trust God's plan. What does it say in chapter one, verse one? It says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, who was Joshua's father? He didn't have one. He was the son of Nun. All right, that was a bad joke, okay? Um, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan and all this people into the land that I am giving to them to the people of Israel. Here, here's the point. God's doing all the work. God's the one that says, hey, I've got a plan. I've got a purpose for your life. You, you can trust me. Moses is dead, but, but nothing else has changed. I'm still in control. I've still got a plan. I've still got a purpose. I am still moving forward. And this is something that every single generation has to answer these questions. Hey, can we trust God when our leaders have left us? 
Can we trust God when there's a new situation? Can we trust God when so much has changed? And boy, if this was ever more real in my life, it was so real over the last couple of years when COVID hit and we ended up having to go online. Remember that crazy season for all of us? Some of you loved it because you could just stay in your pajamas for church, just keeping it real, right? We're watching online and, and then we start doing the, the drive-in church. Do you remember that? And then we go outside and we're doing it on the lawn. And I was telling Victor uh, last night that there, there was one Saturday night, it was 108 degrees out. And I'm teaching and sweat is just flying off my, you know, fingers and elbows and it was ridiculous. And then the next day, we or the next Saturday, we couldn't meet because the uh, smoke was so bad from the California fires. Do you guys remember that season? It was crazy, one thing after another, and it was constantly just saying, God, we trust you. We don't know where you're going, but we, we trust you. We know that you're in control. We know that you got a plan. We know that you're leading us. Eventually we came back in, but boy, that was a season where we're like, God, we don't know what the plan is, but we know you do and we trust you. And then in verse three, this is what it says. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness of the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. We're talking about like 300,000 square miles, folks. This is a massive amount of space. And here's Joshua, he was Moses's, uh, helper for all these years. He was the one that was most qualified, but I'm sure he was entering into this feeling small and inadequate. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe God's put you in a position, a responsibility where you feel small and inadequate. Maybe he's asked you to raise your grandchildren. Maybe your niece or nephew. Maybe you've got a new job, a new position. Maybe you find yourself in a leadership position, a management position. Maybe God's calling you to share your faith in a hostile environment. I don't know what it is, but we're called to be strong and courageous and trust God's plan. You know, Philip Brooks, a pastor in the 1800s said, quote, don't ask for tasks equal to your power. Ask for power equal to your tasks. I love that because here's what happens. Faith will increase. When we focus on God, focus on the future and focus on opportunities, we will find that we are trusting God more. However, the opposite is the same. We will find fear increasing when we are looking at ourselves, when we are looking at the past and we are looking at the problems. Fear will increase in our lives because the reality is the biggest obstacle to you being strong and courageous, it's yourself. You look to yourself instead of looking to the all-powerful God. You know what happened to Peter in the New Testament when Jesus told him to, to get out of the boat and walk on water? When he's staring at Jesus, everything's fine. But the moment he takes his eyes off Jesus and looks at the storm, he starts to fall. And so what would it look like for you and for me to focus on Jesus and his plan in this season? Because here's what fear is. Fear is an unpleasant and often strong emotion caused by the awareness or anticipation of danger. For so many of us, we live life all the time with the what if. What if this goes wrong? What if this happens? What if, that, that's what fear is. And if I could break it down, F-E-A-R, this is what it stands for. False evidence appearing 
real. False evidence, and so much of it is the battle of our minds. What happens when we live by fear? Fear will paralyze you. Fear will negatively impact others because here's what it does. It keeps us from experiencing God. It keeps us from sharing our faith. It keeps us from getting plugged into community. It keeps us from praying for others. It keeps us from going on missions trips. It keeps us from being generous. It keeps us from inviting people to church. Here's the reality. Nothing significant in life ever happens apart from courage. You know, I was uh, watching the news yesterday and I saw that Will Smith came out and made a public apology to Chris Rock. Did anybody else See that, a, a few of you, it only took them like four or five months, right? Um, but but, but here's, here's the reality. For some of us, one of the most courageous things we could do is, is apologize to somebody. For some of you, that one of the most courageous things you could do is forgive somebody. And when I talk about apologizing to somebody, I'm not saying, you know, uh, I'm sorry I, I hurt your feelings, right? Or, or I'm sorry that bothered you, or I'm sorry you're easily offended, right? It's, it's not saying that. You, you own your stuff. I'm sorry I hurt you. I'm sorry I slapped your face on public television, whatever it is, you know. Uh, I'm sorry I said X, Y, Z, and then you admit I was wrong. You know, some of you, one of the greatest things you can do, the most courageous thing you can do is admit that you're wrong. That from this day forward, you can begin to take personal responsibility for the actions that hurt the heart of God and hurt others. Maybe that's the most courageous thing you can do today and watch what God does in your life. We gotta trust God's plan. For Joshua, it was to, to, to be used to lead the Israelites knowing that God was doing all the work. For us, what's the greatest plan? It's trusting Jesus. It's the courage to admit and see and recognize and realize and own the fact that you and I are sinners separated from God in desperate need of a savior. That's a courageous thing to admit knowing that there's nothing we can do in and of ourselves to make us right with God. Our good deeds don't get us into heaven. Going to church doesn't get us to heaven. Only a relationship with the shed blood of Jesus Christ gets us into heaven. That is God's plan? What would it look like for you if you haven't done that to trust God's plan? Second of all, in your notes, trust God's promises. Trust God's promises. Now, this can be hard for some of us because for some of us, we've lived in a culture of broken promises. You grew up with a father that broke his promises. Your spouse has broken promises. And your whole life has been people breaking promise after promise after promise. What makes God different is that God never makes a promise that he doesn't keep. Why? It's impossible for God to lie. God has all the power to accomplish the promise he says to us and he loves us. And when I look at this passage, this is what he says to Joshua in verse five. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, period. Hello. You want a confidence builder? Have God say that to you. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. But Joshua, here's what I need you to do. Be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Joshua, this isn't about you. 
It's about me. And see, if we're not careful, if Joshua wasn't careful, he, he could have been consumed with fear. He could have compared himself to Moses. I'm, I'm not like Moses, he could have said. I don't know how he split that Red Sea. I've never done that before. And if you and I aren't careful, comparison will creep in. The fear of making a mistake, the, the fear of, hey, I've never done this before. You know, for me, I, I love to do new things in ministry because it forces me to rely on God and not experience. You know, for you, what would it look like for you in this season to, to not just do what you've always done? Okay, question. How many of you were in church? How many of you, when you go to a restaurant, order the same thing every time? Just be honest, it's okay. Quite a few of you. Yeah, Saturday night especially, there was a lot of hands that went up. Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be adventurous and order something different off the menu, all right? Just, just try saying, if you really want to get bold, when the waitress or the waiter comes to you, uh, you ask them, hey, what are your recommendations? And they'll give you a couple. You say, you pick, all right? You pick. Why? Because we can get so caught into our own thinking and saying, man, I've never done this before. But can there, there can be the fear of expectations. What if I let these people down? The fear of challenges. I can't win these battles. The fear of failure. I'm not good enough. You know, so often we fear, I, I'm not good enough. I pray today you will never live with that fear again. Because here's why. You're not. You're not good enough. I'm not good enough. That's the point. Like God is. He's not looking for qualified people. He qualifies the called. He's not looking for worthy people. He makes people worthy. So never, don't ever think that, oh, what if I'm not good enough? You're not good enough. That's the point. He is. Some of you are going to leave and go to lunch and people are going to be like, what did the pastor talk about at your church today? Oh, he just told us we're a bunch of losers and told us to be strong, courageous, right? We're, we're not good enough. That's the point that we see throughout scripture. We're not good enough. He is. So our confidence is not in ourselves. Our confidence is in Jesus Christ, the one who has all the power. Amen. That's the way we're called to live. God is trustworthy. He always keeps his promises. What are some of the promises we see in this passage? We see the promise of victory over the enemy. We see the promise of the power of God. God is able to do what he promised to do. God, the promise of the faithfulness of God. Hey, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. You know, I look at our, our church and I'm always focusing on the future. But there are times where I pause and I look at the past to remind myself of the faithfulness of God. Never forget in 2001, before I was here, we started off in a barn. You talk about a ghetto place to start a church, friends. It's a barn, right? God, it didn't matter, God was faithful. We went down to, to Dale and to Pellendale and we were there where a Catholic church is and running out that for a little bit. We we're Ripon Christian Performing Arts Center for a little while. We were downtown for a little while, purchased this. It was a golf course. We're on holy ground, great place to be. Um, we, we built this church and it was, you know, during the middle of it, 2007, we opened and there was the financial collapse. But here's what I remember is that God has always been faithful to us. He always will be. For some of you, you need to look back at your life and recall the faithfulness of God. 
said, as I was with Moses, Joshua, I will be with you. A promise of absolute victory, the promise of God to keep his promises. What would it look like for you to trust in God's promises during this next week, during this next month, to be strong and courageous? I had the privilege to, to hang out with some friends a, a week ago Friday um, at a lake house. And we had a couple boats and we were out there doing some uh, wake surfing and another boat went off and, and did this uh, rope swing. We were having a good time. I was on the wake surfing boat and all of a sudden uh, a guy on a jet ski came up to us, a 15 year old boy and said, hey, somebody fell off the rope swing. You gotta come quick. And so we jump in the boat as quickly as we can. We go over to the rope swing and there's this gal in the water and you could tell she was not doing well. So we go over there in the boat as, as quickly as we can. And I jump into the water and it was by God's grace that I was there because I could actually, as tall as I am, touch the, the, the bottom of the um, lake and, and hold her at the same time. And I had gals praying for her at that time. I came over and was carefully trying to put her up on the back of the boat and I did. Um, didn't want to you know, hurt her neck or anything like that. She was pretty bruised up. We didn't know if she hit her head. We put her on the back of the boat and there's a couple ladies holding her on the back of the boat towards the very edge. And we're driving to shore um, as quickly as we can, but as slowly as we can, because we don't want to move her neck as much. Somebody called 911. We get to uh, the lake house. There's like five or six firefighters there. And when we get there, we pull up and somebody says, one of the firefighters, hey, Jeremy, it's Matt from my life group. He's like the head firefighter there. And so I'm like, oh, wow, this is awesome. You know, and so I'm seeing him in action and we're getting this gal um, uh, trying to get her stabilized and all of a sudden Matt's gone. I don't know where he is. He jumps into the water to make sure this gal's okay, who's still on the back of the boat. And, you know, he's the, the guy in charge and he was the one that was willing to take off his boots and his socks and do what probably none of his guys wanted to do. He initiated that. I'm like, man, what a sign of leadership. And so we get this gal off the, uh, the back of the boat and we get her on a board and they're getting ready to take her up the steps and you know it doesn't work. So we have to put her back on the boat and we take her to an ambulance um, through the boat. Then we go and we drop her off at the fire station where there's a helicopter waiting for her. She gets shipped to the uh, medical center right here, Memorial. And this whole time I'm wondering, man, hopefully, hopefully she's gonna be okay. Hopefully there's not any long-term damage. Hopefully she did have a major concussion, internal injuries, break, break bones in her body. Well, five o'clock that night, I got a call and she had walked out of the hospital. Crazy miracle. Here's what I believe why. Obviously it's the power of God, but there were people that had the courage to pray. There were people that had the courage to pick up the phone and call 911. There are the people that had the courage to do anything necessary to save this gal's life. And you know what her name is? It's faith. It's faith. What would it look like for us as a church in this next season to commit to do what is necessary? To save somebody's life, not just physically, but spiritually. What would it look like for you and me to have those kind of conversations? to trust God's plan, to trust God's promises. Thirdly, in your notes, to trust God's precepts. What, what are precepts? It's principles, teachings, instructions, law, guidelines. It's God's word, it's the Bible. And this is what God says to Joshua. 
He says again, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Friends, we, we, we need to understand and we need to redefine what success is. Success is not how much money you have. Success is not about how many friends or possessions you have. Friends is based upon your willingness to live a life that's obedient to Jesus and do the things that he has called you to do. Success is not in the effort or not in the results, it's in the efforts. And he tells Joshua four things that I want him to do. Number one, I want you to proclaim the word. Proclaim the word, he, he says, shall not depart from your mouth. You know, on a, on a daily basis, I'm proclaiming the word to myself, telling myself the gospel. And Jeremy, God loves you. God's grace is so good. God's forgiveness is so good. I'm reminding myself that, that I am in such need of a, of a savior. And as I do that, it makes it so much easier to forgive people that hurt me, to extend the grace that God has extended to me, to love people, the way that, that God loves me, because boy, if I, if I recognize how difficult it is to love me at times, boy, it's so easier to love other people, but it, it's, it's constantly proclaiming the word, sharing with the gospel just with ourselves. Second of all, it's meditate on the word. It, it, the battle begins in the mind. Uh, he's, he's saying, the best way to prepare for the unknown obstacles ahead is to be a scripture-saturated person. Psalm 119, verse 15 says, I will meditate on your precepts and I will contemplate your ways. Again, the battle be, begins in the mind. We have to be people on a regular basis that are filling our mind with the word of God so that when the noise of the world goes up, we just turn up the word of God in our lives. You know, Charles Stanley, a famous pastor for years, every single morning, he would meditate on Proverbs chapter three, five through eight. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. What would it look like for us to proclaim the word, meditate on the word, thirdly, obey the word? Boy, if there's one area where so many Christians struggle today, I think it's obeying the word because we fall into one of two traps. We fall into selective obedience or situational obedience. What is selective obedience? I call it buffet Christianity. It's like you go to Golden Corral and you pick out that food that you like and the vegetables and all that other stuff that you don't really like. You just kind of pass over that kind of stuff. Well, there's a lot of Christians that will obey the, the areas of God that, that maybe are easy, but boy, those, those tough areas when it comes to maybe our sexuality, when it comes to finances, boy, we don't want to do that. Why? Because it involves sacrifice. 
Selective obedience. And then there's situational obedience where lots of times we'll do what's right when people are looking, but when nobody else is looking, we'll do what we want. And so what would it look like for you in this season to be committed to obeying God? And why is this so important? Because Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. I love our, our, our mission here is reaching and raising authentic followers of Jesus. We get that from Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey some of what I've commanded you. No, it doesn't say that. Most of what I commanded you. No, it doesn't say that. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And one of the most courageous things maybe you can do today is say, God, there's a couple of areas of my life where I'm just, I'm, I haven't been being obedient and I just want, I want you to change me there. And then lastly, what does it say? Not just obey the word, but be blessed by the word. You will find such a blessing, the joy, the peace, the satisfaction of walking in obedience to God is, is greater than any, anything could ever give you. There's something powerful about walking in God's obedience. Joshua, you need to do just one thing. Trust God. Joshua, I just need you to trust me. I need you to live according to my word and I want you to be strong and courageous. Three different times in this passage, he says, be strong, courageous, don't be fearful. Joshua, I've already won the battle. The victory's already mine. The land's already yours. You just gotta let me do the work. Trust God's plan, trust God's promises, trust God's precepts. Lastly, trust God's presence. Trust God's presence. This is what he says. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. This week, when you go to work, God's with you. When you go to your neighbor, God's with you. When you have to have that difficult conversation with somebody else, God's with you. When you're sharing your faith, God's with you. When you're sharing your testimony, God's with you because I think one of the greatest fears we have is the fear of being alone. That's why so often kids wanna snuggle with a stuffed animal or two or 30, right? They, they like to have stuffed animals. I remember uh, being, when I was a kid, I had my Mickey Mouse blanket, a little red blanket, it was, it was great. And uh, to Kelly's surprise, when we got married, I was still sleeping with that Mickey Mouse blanket. And that was a interesting conversation when she said, Jeremy, you don't need that Mickey Mouse blanket anymore. You've got me, all right? Put that thing away. I'm like, man, I gotta got let. But our, our peace and our comfort in life is not found from something. We look for some comfort from so many different things. It's found from a someone whose name is Jesus. Why? Because he's always with us. He's always there. What does it look like for you in this next season? to be strong and courageous, knowing that God's with you. You know, some of you are gonna go back to work tomorrow. You're gonna be at the hospital. In a week, you're gonna be back at your school. You're gonna be back at your business. You're gonna see family members. What, what would it look like for you to go confident in the presence of God, the promises of God, the precepts of God, the plan of God? See, here's my heart for you in this next season that you would have a person or two in your life doesn't yet know Jesus. 
And that would be the person that you are praying for on a regular basis. It's the person that you are having spiritual conversations with on a regular basis, that you are intentionally loving on a regular basis, where you're able to share your story, share the power of God in your life on a regular basis, maybe share what it means to be a Christian. Here's what's gonna stop you. It's what we're talking about today, a lack of courage. Because I think for so many of us, we'll, 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 what if I, they ask me a question about Revelation chapter 21 and I don't have the answer to it, right? Or what if they ask me a different question or what if I get rejected or what if I don't know what to say? And we can allow that fear to consume us and prevent us from speaking when God wants us to speak. What would it look like for you to be courageous in this next season? To trust God's plan, to trust God's promises, to trust God's precepts, and to trust God's presence, knowing that God said to Joshua the same thing to us. Have I not told you to be strong and courageous, knowing that I will be with you wherever you go? Heavenly Father, God, we love you. And we thank you so much for who you are and for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. God, we pray that like Joshua, we would be courageous in this upcoming season. God, for some of us, we're consumed with fear. But God, would you turn that fear into faith? that we would trust you, that we would recognize that despite our flaws, despite the fact that we don't know enough, that we're not good enough, that we're not talented enough, that we're not skilled enough, God, you are. And that you have called us for such a time as this to be strong and be courageous wherever you have placed us. God, we love you. Thank you for going before us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for being here today. We will see you next weekend.